Hello everyone and welcome to our Burgess webcast. My name is Lorena and I work in the Burgess crew team. Today we will be talking about how to help someone who may be suffering from poor mental health. We also understand that it can be very stressful for the individual offering someone help in a moment of crisis and so we will also be reminding you of the support networks that are available to you. I'm delighted to welcome our panellists, Lucy Med, Fleet Crew Manager at Burgess. Lucy joined Burgess in 2006 as Crew Manager and has over 30 years experience in people management. Emma Ross from Seize the Mind. Emma has worked as a chef on yachts for 15 years and now works with Seize the Mind in tackling, recognising and fortifying individuals in their own and others' mental health. Charles Stevenson, head of our Burgess Yacht Financial Services. He joined Burgess in 2013 and brokers tailored insurance policies for clients' yachts on behalf of Burgess Yachting Financial Services. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, so, Emma, um, why is it important to approach someone who appears to be experiencing poor mental health? Um, well, it's massively important because the impact it could have on the individual, the impact it could have on the crew and the impact it can have on the boat is huge. Um, and also, I think we need to start thinking about mental health the same way as we do physical health. If someone was limping down the side deck as you were going into a guest trip or going into an owner's trip, as a crew member, you would look at them and say like, hey, Lorena, you OK? I saw you were limping. You would be able to have that conversations because we're OK having those kinds of conversations when people have physical ailments or physical uh, problems on their body. I think it's just as important to, to start those conversations when people have a mental illness. And maybe you can even stop it in its tracks. Maybe that person just needs a little bit of rest, a little bit of support, the same way as you would rest your ankle. Um, you know, you would rice, raise, ice, compress, elevate. There's also things you could do that could get that person the help that they needed or just through the next day or just through the next charter or just to the end of the crossing so that they could then be able to help themselves. So I think it's massively important. You're doing it because you want to help that crew member. You're doing it because the crew needs it and potentially the, the crew morale. But let's be honest, like we've all been in yachting long enough to know that it's Things like this can cause accidents in other ways, and we just really would like to uh, prevent that. So as a mental health first aider or as a good kind of well-intentioned crew member, you're there to kind of promote uh, wellness. You're there to provide comfort and potentially even prevent life loss. Absolutely. Um, and what are the key points, Emma, to remember when trying to approach someone? Um, well, I mean, there's so many different things that you would kind of want to look at. So I think timing would be a big one. We're really busy on boats. There's not much space. There's not much privacy. So if you thought that someone was experiencing something and you wanted to start a conversation, you would want that conversation to be as easy as possible for the other person. Clearly, they're in distress. That's why your gut instinct or, you know, your head of department is wanting to have a conversation with them. So just putting some time and planning into how you would approach and, and try and uh, give comfort to that person. Me personally, if I had the option of getting off the boat, that would be number one. I would, I think it's really brilliant to kind of walk. I think you get a lot of things out when you're walking. I would offer maybe let's go for a walk after, after work. Let's get a cup of tea. I would try and avoid alcohol and bars when you're having these kinds of conversations. Maybe even get out to, into nature if you have that available to you. Um, and let that person know that, you know, you're here for them. You're, he you're here for as long as they need to talk. And that anything that you say is confidential 
up until the point that it needs to kind of, you know, if it's now a serious concern that you would have to raise it and maybe ask them to kind of invite a head of department or a captain into the conversation. So think about the time, think about the privacy, think about uh, where you're going to do it. Like we all know on yachts, that's not always an option. So maybe it's just a, a case of letting your heads of department or letting your captain know, I'm going to be having a conversation with Lorena. We're going to be in the master cabin for the next half an hour. Um, I'm not going to be answering WhatsApp and then kind of build that scaffolding around you so that like one person knows that what you're doing and that you're going to be unavailable and no one's kind of chasing you down on the radio. So when you're having that conversation with a person and it might be the first time they're ever talking about what they're experiencing, they know that you are there, you are active listening. They have your focus. You're not checking your WhatsApps every two seconds. You're not responding to a radio because how would that be conducive to an open, authentic argument? You'd find yourself starting, getting interrupted, and then I would just start shutting down going, oh, it's not that important. It's not that important. Yeah. Um, yeah, just creating the kind of the safe conditions that you think are important. And just think what you would like. We're all human. We all know what it's like to have difficult conversations. So if you think you'd like to have a bit of privacy and someone's full attention, that's what you would do to, for someone else. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. And I think that fits in with um, some of the content of the posters that we've produced for earlier in the week um you know tips on active listening as a skill i think that we could all improve yeah Absolutely. I mean, we don't learn how to listen. We learn how to read in school. We learn how to write in school. To a certain extent, we might be even learning how to talk in debate teams or kind of public speaking. Unless you do a specific course, we never learn how to listen. And that makes up 45% of the way that we communicate with people. And we've had no, little to no training. So it's a really important thing. And we know what it feels like when it's done well. We know how warm and comforted we feel. So just try and kind of like practice that in your own, in your own conversations is, is massively beneficial to yourself and your team. Yeah. Lucy, uh, what kind of support is available to crew who are experiencing mental health issues? So there's a lot more support available than most people realise. Um, it's important to look to your teammates, your crewmates um, on board the yacht. Is there somebody comfortable on, that you're comfortable talking with on board the yacht? Um, Burgess are really supporting and uh, um, pushing for more uh, crew to be trained in mental health awareness skills. And we, we, we would really like to have at least one, possibly two mental health first aiders on board the yachts um, so that they are people who are specially skilled to listen and to assist and direct people where, where to go and get the help that they want and, <clears throat> and need. Um, and then always consider calling your family or your friends at home um, and, and speak to somebody you're familiar with and they might be the right person to seek guidance from. There's also um, a number of mental health first aiders at Burgess uh, who can offer confidential support and advice and guidance. Um, speak to your yacht manager or uh, the crew team and they will direct you to somebody who will be able to offer you help. And then, <clears throat> and then um, 
so then speak yeah speak to your speak to your yacht manager for 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 direction and guidance and um obviously you know burgess are a big supporter of iswan as well and iswan now have the yacht crew help um it's a a a, a website it's an app it's a, a phone line there's lots of information that we circulate to the yachts on the yacht crew help and um and it's it's a really important service for crew to be able to confidentially talk to people they have uh, people who can communicate in several languages if english is not your first language that's always there as well as a specialist skill for 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 you to be aware of and then finally there is cover under the yacht most yachts crew medical insurance has some mental health cover so um there is means to confidentially contact your uh, yachts insurance and talk to a specialist person at the end of the phone who can direct you to what mental health uh, cover is available to you and for you to follow up on. Thanks, Lucy. Um, so just following up from the <laughs> yachts insurance perspective, Charles, uh, what support can the yachts insurance policy offer? It's been something we've been thinking about for, for many years now, and Lorena's been um, leading the charge on this. But if you think as a company, we have a lot of ex-crew inside in the, in the, at Burgess, uh, and we also have a lot of ex-military who have their PTSD training from, from years of, of service. And so as, long, as well as having sympathy, we also have a lot of empathy in the company for, for this particular condition. I was at the Monaco show only two weeks ago, and I was speaking to an ex-Special um, Forces uh, chief officer, I won't go into the details in case you can um, work out who it is. But he, when he did his special forces missions, came back and they had debriefs with psychiatrists. And he was very um, open, you know, you'd put bandages on your physical ailments. So why wouldn't you put a bandage on your mental ailment? And it struck me if someone as outwardly as masculine as he was so attuned to mental health, then this was a condition that really the industry is waking up to. Um, so I'm glad here to be giving a few minutes on the topic. Insurance, and whilst I work in Burgess, insurance is its own separate thought process. So you have your operational decision-making tree and your insurance decision-making tree. And I will focus on the insurance package. It is worth looking into your insurance policy and seeing what specifically do I have to cover mental health? Because while a lot of policies purport to be MLC compliant and cover all um, medical conditions and as we talked about mental health is a medical condition um, many policies when you start to look into it either don't cover mental health or a subsection they don't cover attempted suicide attempts or they have a much lower limit than the wider policy so your wider policy may say you have a million two hundred thousand worth of medical cover but there'll be a much lower mental health limit um, i'm not really sure why this is that there's no logic to it uh, I've heard one underwriter say no one claims in it, so we reduce the limit, but, but that doesn't sound particularly logical to me. The policy that we promote um, is underwritten by BRIT, uh, a, a Burgess crew medical policy, um, which we've designed in consultation with the yacht managers and the feedback from captains. And there is no inner limit to mental health conditions. It's just £200,000 of cover, just like any other ailment. And I think you're getting the repeated phrase, like any other ailment. 
the trick with all medical conditions is um, to get it diagnosed. When I started Burgess six years ago, uh, no, sorry, eight years ago, there was a captain who was thought to be quite forward-thinking because when a crew member came to him with uh, um, mental stress, the captain just sent them off on leave, which, which felt kind at the time. But without any diagnosis, they weren't able to plug into the wider um, medical infrastructure the owner had bought for them. So we do need the diagnosis to allow crew to open up the resources the owner has bought. And in the case of our policy, um, it is salary indemnity for time off while you're off seeking uh, medical attention um, and that limit of £200,000 for medical treatment. I think others in this webinar will focus on the different pathways to treatment, um, whether it's a, um, a phone line, um, in-person psychiatric treatment um, or, or medication or whatever it may be. But I think what we're trying to say is early intervention is the key. Um, you have the pathway for care, you have good medical cover, um, and so you should just start the process. This is slightly a reaction to, we had a couple of years where the only mental health claims we saw were very, very serious, if not attempted suicides. And when they had that big pot of money to put towards mental health treatment, it wasn't right that crew weren't accessing it. Um, we, we can be um, we can be cynical and say if you go for early intervention it's much cheaper on an underwriter than if you go for <laughs> the big intervention but it's much better on the crew um, to seek early psychiatric treatment rather than a reaction to anything more um, more serious so the types of cover can be tailored to a crew there's no one solution to um, seeking treatment they can be um, um, very private phone calls kept away from the yacht operational system. So if you are nervous about how um, the industry will react to, to your ailment, we can set up um, private uh, treatment processes. I would say that um, the industry is waking up to this. Uh, and I think the negative feedback we are seeing is much, much less uh, than what you might perceive. Um, but the, all these different types of blends of treatments are open to you. Lucy, has the support available increased in recent years and is there more to do in that area, do you think? So um, I would say um, the past two years have been absolutely terrible, uh, industry-wide, worldwide, because of COVID. Mental health has been uh, tested uh, beyond belief um, for everyone everywhere around the world one of the positives that has come out of this is that the stigma attached to mental health has reduced and um, people are much more likely to have the freedom to speak about their issues that they're facing and be heard and people to take it seriously and take on board what 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 is being said to them and help them so that's been a real positive change i think there's a lot more out there about mental health awareness mental health health issues and mental health help um so that's been a really positive change um we're much more accepting and understanding when people talk about their mental health issues we're 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 slowly but surely changing the way we see these issues and 
as Emma has already um, highlighted, we're always aware of a physical injury. That's very obvious. But now we are becoming more aware and attuned to people with uh, mental health injuries, for want of a better word, and what we can do to support those people. Um, but they, we're a long way. We've got a long way to go. We've still got a long way to go. You know, we're still dealing with uh, mental health issues all the time. And um, and and sadly, we get as the crew team, we get brought in a little too late um, after the fact when the situation has spiralled or escalated and um, and we want to talk to those people. How could we improve? How can we make your time on board better? So we need to drive the mental health awareness. We're doing we've done this campaign this week um, to really get the point across to to our crew how important mental health awareness, mental health issues and mental health help is for our crew, um, not just from Burgess, from every yacht management company. Um, it, it is a really important aspect, but we still need to develop more uh, skills on board the boat, have more training on board the boat. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Emma, what could be done to encourage those in need to seek support and to encourage the other crew to approach the person in need? Um, well, just focusing on what Lucy's just said, you know, we're starting to have conversations. Those conversations are starting to be a bit more open and authentic. I think if people are just honest with themselves and honest with other people, especially if you're a head of department and you see someone who's experiencing something, you know, they might not want to talk to you about it or they might fear that they'll lose their job or that you won't like them afterwards. So just being open and honest, you know, the, the way I got help when I was experiencing depression and anxiety on on the boats um, is that there was a, a girl who she talked really openly and honest about, you know, the experiences she'd had in the past. So when I, when I wanted to kind of have the conversation, it was obvious that I would talk to her because she had never really, she, she, she was empowered by it. She was a survivor. She had gone through it and she had survived it and she was now successful on a boat. So I'm like, wow, if she can do it, I can do it. But I probably, probably wouldn't known that about her unless we'd had those conversations. So I think in the last couple of years, Lucy's so right, like COVID has been been like a present wrapped up in sandpaper. You know, it's just been horrific for so many people. But there is a tiny gift in there whereby we can start having these conversations. And if people have experienced loneliness or isolation or fear or anxiety or, you know, guilt because they haven't been with their families, having those conversations with other people around you will then start the conversations. And what we want is this kind of ripple effect where, you know, you're talking about your experiences and other people hear you like owning that, you know, you've, it's just like, again, we're making that comparison between a physical illness. You're not Emma with depression. You're Emma that had depression and yet now you're still a chef on a boat. So you can recover from a physical illness much as you can recover from a mental health illness. Um, so kind of having those conversations, um, I think would really encourage people to to be open and honest about what, what they're going through. And a lot of these things don't have to go to the point where, you know, people are spiraling out of control. If they got the support and they got the conversations and they got the information they needed a little bit earlier, then we wouldn't necessarily have to go into this kind of crisis mode and look after them. Um, so, yeah, I think knowing mm -hmm. a mental health first aider on the boat would be a real support um, in, in my 
kind of like my long dream is to have that on the crew board with like, you know, who your DPA is, who your crew um, mental health uh, first aider is. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's important that it's a top down thing. So from the captains to the heads of department, setting that tone of like it's okay not to be okay. Like let us help you. We can do we do everything as a team. We firefight as a team. We go on into charters as a team. We go into crossings as a team. And if you know that someone's feeling really lonely because potentially they've had a breakup or someone's got ill at home, and you approach that as a team, like how are we going to get you better? How are we going to fill the gaps to make sure that you know that we love you and you're still a big part of this team, but we're going to support you while you just get better while, you know, in the same way as you would be in the crew mess, resting your, your kind of swollen ankle, if you twisted it on the weekends, I think that would be a fabulous way to go. You know, having that kind of top down culture of, we have a duty of care to the people coming into the industry, you know, people who have been there a little bit longer, people who have more experience, who've also just lived through more things, you know, the longer you've, you've lived, the more life experiences you've had. And that includes all of the brilliant things like, you know, summers in Alaska and, like uh, snorkeling in Bora Bora, but inevitably it's human nature. So you've probably also known what it feels like to go through a breakup or have a heartache or lose a parent. So yeah, our duty of care as mental health first aiders, as crew members, as heads of departments, and as human beings, full stop, is just to show a bit of bit of support and a bit of empathy towards those that we're sharing that space with. Yeah, it's um, losing the stigma, isn't it? And creating that culture of... Like you said, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, I think part of that stigma is we think that once we've got tarnished with that brush of mental illness, like tarnished with the brush of anxiety or tarnished with the brush of depression, we might not be able to kind of fit back into the crew or we might not get a job again. And I just think that's absolutely wrong. I think you're an absolutely better person because you've gone through it. You're open and honest about it. You're a bloody survivor. So enjoy that that newfound, like, intelligence and growth that you've experienced yeah thank you thanks emma and um thanks everyone on our panel today um it's uh, it's a great start i think um and yeah just to reiterate that there are some support networks available people who can help you develop the skills you need to talk to people when they are in a moment of crisis um this week we have sent through a variety of posters and medias giving advice on the various types of mental illness guidance on the science to look out for and the importance of creating an open culture where discussing mental health becomes acceptable. Um, there were also included in the posters some details of people you can talk to confidentially. So please do open up. Please do talk. Thank you, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you.